The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Today on the show, why does Heath Cummings have two Browns receivers ranked in his top 15 on Thursday night? Well, let's ask Heath. Heath, why do you have two Browns receivers ranked in your top 15? That does seem a little bit high. I expect a big bounce back from Odell Beckham, though. I think the Browns win this game and put up a few points. Whoa. All right. That's Heath Cummings. He doesn't really like chocolate very much. Here's another guy who doesn't like chocolate. I am surrounded by weirdos. Ben Gretsch, what's going on, Ben? Uh, Not a lot, guys. Um, You know, I'm excited to jump into this, though. Good. I I want to clarify. I like chocolate. I Do don't necessarily like a lot of the forms that it comes in, but just pure chocolate is very good. Okay, I don't really know what that means. I mean, it basically it comes in chocolate. Yeah, I don't either. I, yeah, that's weird. Uh, I didn't. I kind of missed that. I whiffed on Ben's intro like, music. I apologize I, I'm not, for that. I'm not saying I dislike chocolate either, but I don't understand what it means to say that you like chocolate, but you don't like the forms that it comes in. Like, what? I'm not. A, so I'm not a candy guy. I'm not a cake guy. But, like, I'll just eat, like, a piece of chocolate, or I'll have some chocolate on something. Okay. All right. That's fair. Uh, So, Heath, I've been told that you want to steal the intro from me and uh, start the show with your own own thing. I just want to say we have a special guest coming on the show today. Do you guys know who's coming on the show today? Special guest? No, no. You could do I have that. No idea. You could do that around him if you'd like, but no, we're not regulating today. Ben Schrager, our producer, is going to make his appearance, first appearance on the show. Uh, at really? the very Yeah, yeah. When we kick you off, Heath, Ben's gonna gonna fill in for you. Okay, and, great. Um, yeah, yeah. I heard a rumor that you were going to start the show talking about chocolate or something, and so <laughs> I thought I'm going to come up with a better intro than that. Okay, go I ahead. made a trade this morning that you guys are going to hate. And then I'm hopefully going to talk you into why I made the trade and that it was actually a pretty good idea. All right. I hate it already. So, yeah. That uh, doesn't surprise me. I traded Aaron Jones, Golden Tate, and T.Y. Hilton to Dave Richard for Cooper Cup, Devin Singletary, and John Brown. Wow, I do hate that. I really hate that. I hate that. <laughs> wow. Like two weeks ago, you were saying Cooper Cup was like a top three receiver. How do you hate it so much? Because uh, I I don't like Devin Singletary's schedule. I think you may have just given up a running back. Like I think Aaron Jones is going to be so much better than Devin Singletary. I guess if you desperately need to win this week with Jones on by, I could see it. But uh, It's not just Jones on by. Singletary, Hilton Cup, out. and Brown all have six games left. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Jones, Golden Tate, and T.Y. Hilton, yeah. none of them are pr- pr- playing this week. We don't know when Hilton is coming back. First off, I do have to win this week, okay. which I think makes okay. the trade acceptable. Yeah. But then also, if you look at these six players, and I think there's reasons to believe certain players will be better than they have been so far on a per-game basis, like Devin Singletary, who didn't really have a role in two, until two games ago, and certain players might be worse— like Aaron Jones, who's averaged seven fewer fantasy points per game with Devontae Adams than he did without Devontae Adams. He just scored three but touchdowns. But if you just look, and I know he just scored three touchdowns, and he still scored seven fewer fantasy points per game with he Devontae Adams. He also split Adams. the touches 50-50 with Jamal Williams in that game. Yeah. I mean, Right. Um, okay. If you just look at these six players and say, how many PPR fantasy points per game have they scored so far? How many games do they have left? How many points will they score until the fantasy playoffs are over? The Singletary Cup, John Brown side, outscores the Aaron Jones, Golden Tate, T.Y. Hilton side. That's presuming that Hilton only misses one more game, which I think is kind of a, a, an assumption that we would have no reason to make right now. But it's been very close. I don't, 
I think what it comes down to is, do you think it's more likely Cooper Cup matches his points per game for the season so far or Aaron Jones? Uh, yeah, and I, I think... I would guess Cup. I just want to give a quick news update. Uh, Brandon Cook's not going to play this week, but actually might be back next week. So uh, if somebody dropped him, like Jamie dropped him in one of our leagues, and I understand you have to you have to make these decisions. Uh, I'm going to sit there and make a claim on him and... Thinking if I, the only player I can drop is Evan Ingram, so that would be a tough call. But Cup might, uh, Cooks might be back next week for what that's worth, and uh, coming off a catchless game for Cooper. And Cup. I think that's probably yeah. actually better for Cup. Yeah, it, it probably is. And I was going to say I think both Cup and Jones probably can't match what they've done. But um, Cup's zero catches last week. Now we're talking about him like he's you know chopped liver, or at no, least kind of treating him that no. way in this valuation. No, that's not. That's All not right. what. Well, that I just want to make sure we're not over overreacting that. But Jones, you said he scored three touchdowns last week. He only had thirteen. 13 touches, and I totally agree with Heath's stat, which was, like, you know, he threw a bunch of stats out there, but one of the ones I really want to highlight is how much worse Jones has been with Devonta Adams on the field because they used him so much more in the passing game. They were throwing, they were splitting him out wide and throwing him quick hits. He had a long touchdown, uh, I I guess, was it the Kansas City game? Uh, yeah. On a quick hit out at, at wide receiver uh, when he split out, he's had downfield targets three weeks in a row. He dropped the one touchdown, he caught one. For a TD the next week, he caught another long one in that Kansas City game where he went wound up having like 150 yards receiving. None of that role has carried over with Devonta Adams back. He's basically splitting snaps. He just had a three touchdown game. He only had 13 touches. That's what we saw from Tevin Coleman a few weeks ago where he had a 13 touch, four touchdown game. And Tevin Coleman, we've seen since then, kind of have more the floor of that type of workload. And we're probably going to see that from Jones coming up. I agree. Yeah. In four games without Devontae Adams, Jones had four or seven catches in every game. Two games with seven catches, two games with four catches. In six games with Adams, he has one catch or fewer in four of the six games. Now, he has another game with four and another game with six, but four out of his six games, he only caught one pass. Yeah, but Devin Singletary split work with uh, Frank Gore, didn't get the goal line work. He had eight carries. So, one one goal line carry last week. Yeah, but, but it was yeah, Frank Gore. It. Gore was was in twice at the goal line. It was one carry, but he was in twice. Um, and and Josh, Josh Allen, Allen got, scored. got the rushing teams. Yeah. Right. Well, oh, I think Aaron Jones no, is going to be better than Devin Singletary. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. Well, look, I mean, I get it. Look, it, look uh, Aaron Jones had three fantasy points two weeks ago, four in PPR. So I understand that. But at the same time, like, he's, he's a top five, three to five running back. I think we're sort of... Uh, knocking him down a little bit too much. Austin here. Eckler is a top four running back. Austin Eckler is a top four running back because he played four games without Melvin Gordon. Let's be real here. Um, uh, Aaron Jones is a top four running back because he played four games without Devontae. Aaron Adams. Jones is okay. a lot. Jamal Williams. He's averaged fifteen fantasy points, PPR fantasy points per game with Devontae. What Adams. is this slander of Aaron Jones that we do? I mean, I just don't. It's I, not just, slander. It's just facts. It's it's exactly. slander. You're, great. Yeah. He like it's this. Aaron, is, this is the conversation Aaron we had Jones two had weeks not, ago. Not just Devontae Adams, but also Jamal Williams was out when he had his, his big explosion. Well, he's had two you big explosions. Say Austin Eckler, and, because yeah. Melvin Gordon was out, Austin Eckler was, was better. I That's mean, you got to recognize games, that. Gets four Williams. games compared to one. I mean, Aaron Jones has been good all but three weeks. He's had three really bad weeks. He's had seven very good weeks. Good to very good weeks. You know, he's, he's a he's must-start slam dunk team. He's a must-start slam dunk running back. Nobody's he's a solid number him. two running back rest of the season. I think he's. I th- I'd be hard pressed to find twelve running backs I like better than than Aaron Jones. Now, I mean, there's definitely five. I don't think he's as good as he's been because you're you are right. One catch on one target in his last two games. It's a it's a big deal. But they're a great there's offense. Probably not twelve, but that's moving the goalpost. You said he's he's a top five running back. No, no, like, no. I say he's not a top five running back. Well, I, RB1 he has is been fun. top five, but I'm, he I don't think he is top five going forward. I agree with that, but I think he's top twelve. But Singletary, uh, Adam, we talked a little bit last week about how in week two he got hurt, and in his first game back from injury, I was just looking at the snap shares again this week. He played like thirty something percent of the snaps in those two games in week one, and then. I guess it was week eight or week nine, his second game back. And every game since, he's played like over 65%, 65, 66, 67%, very consistent amount of the snaps. Didn't get a ton of touches last week, but it seems pretty clear that when he's healthy, he's going to play two-thirds of the snaps. Okay. I mean, I'm hopeful for him. I just I really don't like his schedule. Uh, a lot of tough matchups after this week. It, I He needed a win, so those are the types of trades you have to make. And I'm hoping, as a T.Y. Hilton owner, that he is back next week. But we'll see. Okay, so today on the show, 
Uh, Fantasy Jeopardy. That's going to be fun. We have a new bonus category that we're going to enjoy. I'm going to give you some good and bad schedules. We're going to talk about some second half breakouts. Uh, I want to remind you about our Facebook group. Who are going to be some league winners? Like the Steelers DST, I think is going to be a league winner. Uh, even though Heath has them like 16th this week because he thinks uh, that the Browns are going to win. Um, Jordan Howard's got a great schedule. DSTs? Yes. What kind of do you play in leagues that have just like massive DST scoring? Like you, you I every love, league I'm in. Like, like look at our standard scoring leagues. Like normal CBS default scorings. The Pitts, the Pittsburgh Steelers have scored in their last. Six games, 26, 15, 17, 20, 19, and 24 fantasy points. Their next six games going through the end of the season are against teams that currently rank 27th, 28th, 27th, 12th, 24th, and 31st against DSTs. They have the best DST schedule going forward. They are an elite DST, and they are going to win people their leagues. And there, there I said it. Uh, also, make All sure right. you listen to our radio show on Saturday night, Ion Fantasy Football. Eye on Fantasy Football, Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius to Channel 206 and on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, so Ben's got a list of second-half breakouts, and I cherry-picked a few of them. Let's start with two wide receivers, Christian Kirk and DJ Moore. And before you go into your spiel, I'm going to give you the uh, the rebuttal. They don't get targets inside the 10-yard line. Christian Kirk has two. DJ Moore has zero this year no green zone targets none uh for for dj moore not one uh there are so there are 16 wide receivers with five or more touchdown catches this year only four of them have less than four green zone targets but there are plenty of wide receivers who have four touchdown catches and very few green zone targets or targets inside the 10 so it can be done but that's the concern i see for kirk and Moore. but you see them as second half breakouts yeah, for more specifically, you you do have to look at some context. I think the Panthers have only thrown 10 touchdown passes all season. They've obviously been leaning more on the run. And and of those 10, Christian McCaffrey has caught a few. So they've been leaning on Christian McCaffrey heavily in in the, you know, the green zone or in the any kind of high value area. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I believe, leads their, leads their team with four touchdown receptions. And you have Greg Olson, I think, at two, DJ Moore at one and or maybe Olsen's at three Christian McCaffrey one of them's at two um point being there's there's not a lot of touchdowns that have been going around in this passing offense I do think they're going to have to pass more going forward we uh Cam Newton didn't throw a, a touchdown pass in the couple games he played hurt it's been a weird uh a weird kind of season for them Kyle Allen took over they were conservative at times early in Kyle Allen's tenure now this is Kyle Allen's team they have to open him up a little bit more if they want to actually contend the rest of the season they, they got to see what they have from him um, so I, I do expect that they will throw more in high leverage spots going forward than they have. It's just been a, a type of season for Carolina where they they've leaned on Christian McCaffrey very, very heavily to this point. Even yeah. having said all that, yeah. I, I'm still not overvaluing DJ Moore's green zone targets. I, and I, I don't think you should. It, it's a, a lack of green zone targets, but he, he does have four red zone targets. It's just kind of like, a you know, where do you want to put this limit on the on the yardage line to, to cut him off? Also, his only touchdown was a 52 yard catch. He's a great after the catch player. And beyond all of that, it's just really bizarre that a guy would have 79 targets in one touchdown. That's going to positively regress. So he's been so consistent with the targets. He has more than eight targets in five of seven games and in each of his last four. And we just haven't seen the touchdowns. And that's what can easily make him a second half breakout. I did put more in my wide receiver preview this week, along with John Brown, Mike Williams, Odell Beckham, um, Devontae Adams and their Robert Woods, all as guys that are just simply going to score more touchdowns from the, this point than they have so far this season. And will be get better in fantasy if only because of that. I do have a question for you, Ben, that I don't have an answer for, but philosophically, I think Adam's grown tired of me talking about how this guy who hasn't scored touchdowns is going to score touchdowns and vice versa over smaller sample sizes. We're now 25 games into DJ Moore's career. He has 161 targets, 1,500 receiving yards, and he's scored three touchdowns. I'm not ready to say 25 games in, he's just not going to score that many touchdowns. But there are players that we look at and say, listen, it's been five years. He's never scored more than six or seven touchdowns. He's not going to be a big touchdown guy. How long would DJ Moore have to go with this ridiculous lack of touchdowns before you'd start to accept it as a feature? 
No, I mean, I, I think you can already start to adjust and say, look, this guy's being used as a high target, a high volume possession receiver, low A dot. He's not getting downfield targets. He's clearly not being used in the in the green zone like we talked about. They, their offense revolves around a really elite dual threat running back that makes a lot of sense in the short area of the field. So, yeah, there are reasons to think that Moore might not have uh, a league average touchdown rate. Right. But the touchdown rate we're talking about over his two seasons is so far out of any kind of error bound of league average. It's multiple standard deviations away from from average. Um, so, I mean, I actually don't know that for certain, but I'm pretty confident it's it is. It's a very percent. It's it's right. one it's one point eight percent. When I project a bad quarterback for a season, and I have to put a touchdown rate in there for, for his pass attempts, like a bad quarterback, I will say four percent. Maybe if I really think they're terrible, I'll say three and a half percent. That would be more than double four would be what more right. has been and, so far in his career. And even uh, if you look at the receiver side and the quarterback side, typically those rates are even higher because you're talking about a quarterback's rate, which includes some pass attempts to running backs and things like that. Receivers have higher touchdown rates. It, a 4% touchdown rate for a receiver would be below average. I think about 4.5 or 4.4% is close to league average. So we're talking way below the league average for a receiver. Now you factor in that he has a lower average depth of target. Yeah, he's going to be a little bit lower. You factor in that he's had trouble scoring. Okay, maybe he's going to be a little bit lower. But if we also want to talk about a skill set, the guy has a phenomenal yards after the catch profile. Last season, really amazing yards after the catch uh, per reception. I haven't actually like dug into that a ton All this right. year. But so, so let me let me just get get the like where what do you think DJ Moore is the rest of the season? Is he a top twenty wide receiver? Top thirty? Is he better than number that? one wide receiver? Yeah, you think yeah. But let, let me 12. finish this thought real quick. I, I do think he has the skill set to have a decent a better touchdown rate than he's had. And so, sure. sorry, I, sorry that I'm carrying on, but he said philosophically, where are we at? I think you take that league average touchdown rate I was talking about, you can adjust it down, but you shouldn't expect 1.8% is my point. So maybe yeah. he's regressing to a different mean than league average and a lower mean, but it should be no, nowhere near 1.8%. We should expect it to be better than what it's been. Christian and, and yeah, Kirk. I think that makes him a top 20 receiver. Where's okay. he at right now? Uh, I'm not he's sure, but he's receiver. a lot better in PPR than non-PPR, though. He's the number right, right. 17 wide receiver so far, so I, I think he's a top 12. Okay, but that's, yeah, P, that's, that's PPR, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I can't imagine he's that high in, in non-PPR. Okay, so uh, Christian Kirk, you know, he's got double-digit targets in, I think, three or four out of seven games, which is great. Uh, Kyler Murray's only thrown 12 touchdown passes this year, but he does have five in his last two games, so that's a good sign. And three of them went to Christian Kirk last week. Got a trade. Got a trade uh, question from Dean in St. Louis. Would you trade Christian Kirk for Philip Lindsay? And as we look at second half breakouts, I'm going to give you guys who have great schedules, and Philip Lindsay is one of those guys. His fantasy, his four of his last five matchups going into Week 16 are great. Buffalo, the Chargers, then at Houston could be tough, at Kansas City and Detroit. So would you rather have Christian Kirk or Philip Lindsay rest of season, guys? I would rather have Kirk. I I'm concerned about the lack of targets we saw from Brandon Allen. I've talked all season about the, the Broncos running backs and, and having good high-value touches being potential by lows because Flacco targets the running backs at such a high rate. We didn't see that from Brandon Allen last week. And, and even if he's like at a league average rate of targeting running backs, it's a huge drop off for the value of both Lindsey and more, uh, Freeman, who are uh, sharing snaps and, and were sharing routes. But it, it was that really high rate of running back targets that was boosting both of them or at least helping both of them. I will take Lindsey. I'm a little bit concerned about this Cardinals offense and the finish. I don't have a lot of interest in them at San Francisco this week. They've got the Rams after that. They've got the Steelers after that. Then they've got the Browns and the Seahawks, and that's far enough away that I'm not really sure what I'm going to think about it. So I, I'm a little bit worried. Like I mostly agree with Ben's points on Kirk, and I think he's the number one, and I think he's got, got a very bright future. I'm a little worried about the near term. Okay. Uh, I am going to tell you about some a great way, a great way for you to save some money this holiday season, all right? Because you're giving holiday gifts, and that's great, but overspending on all those gifts is definitely not great. Why spend more than you have to? Finding the lowest price is easy if you have honey. What I want you to do is go to this URL, pause the podcast, go to joinhoney.com slash FFT. It's all free. Joinhoney.com slash FFT installs in two clicks. And basically it's a web, it's a, you know, a browser edition that finds coupon codes for you. And when you go shopping online, it tells you 
the lowest prices. It gets you the lowest prices. You don't have to do anything. This, what was I shopping for the other day? Uh, I was at, well, I always, when I get my pet food, oh yeah, I bought some clothes and I bought some clothes and there, honey comes up and says, Hey, I found coupons for you. You just click on the little button and it brings you additional discounts. It's really unbelievable. Join honey.com slash FFT. Uh, over 10 million members have saved over a billion dollars. And Honey supports over 20,000 stores online. So you'll, you'd be shocked at how many stores are using Honey or supported. Uh, uh, Honey supports them, rather. And you can get these great discounts. So if you're buying gifts this holiday season, you need Honey. If you're not, you probably know someone who is. So do them a solid and tell them about Honey. And Honey can make sure that you're getting the best price for whatever you're buying. So it's free to use. It installs in just two clicks. And get it for free at joinhoney.com slash FFT. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. Um, all right, Joe Mixon, you have as a second half breakout. And he had 30 carries for 114 yards against Baltimore. He had two catches for 37 yards. So are we optimistic that he's going to be able to keep this going with, uh, you know, so three, I would say three tough matchups and then three great matchups possibly to end the season. But um, yeah, Mixon, Ben, you optimistic there? Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I sent you that email and I wasn't actually trying to list out second oh. half breakouts. I was like, oh, hey, we could do second half breakouts. And here's some interesting players also that I want to talk about. Oh. Mixon, I think, is interesting. I wouldn't call <laughs> okay. him a second half breakout necessarily. But I do think it's really interesting that they uh, after the quarterback change, he got 30 carries last week, even in a game they got completely blown out. He hadn't hit 20 carries all season. He had had more than 15 carries, I believe, twice all season. They had not been committing to him to run the ball like that. They got absolutely crushed. And they ran him 30 times. They, they absolutely featured him. That's, that's helpful. I mean, it, it was a lot of low-value touches, but it's a lot better than what Mixon's been getting. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not, like, super excited, but if they're going to be like Washington, uh, who has lately been just feeding their running backs even as they've been losing and playing super short football games and basically just running out the clock on their season, if the Bengals are going to do the same thing and feature Mixon even as they are behind in games, um, and again, he had more than 10 carries more than his previous season high in their first game with a new quarterback, then, then yeah, Mixon can actually have some value going forward. I don't think necessarily be a breakout. All right. So then let's take a look at the news and notes and some schedules. Saquon Barkley says he's not going to get shut down. He did have an x-ray on his shoulder. It's not going to be up to him ultimately, but he doesn't want to be shut down. They're in a bye this week. Got a Saquon Barkley question coming up in a moment. Emmanuel Sanders could be a game-time decision with cartilage damage in his ribs. He's got Arizona. And George Kittle has a chance to play. I think if Sanders and Kittle both play, you know, it's obviously not going to be good for Debo Samuel, but we got to see, you know, you got to be a little skeptical that both Sanders and Kittle are going to play at this point. Joe Staley is not going to play their left tackle. He broke his finger. He could miss a few weeks. He might need surgery. Matt Breida could miss some time, according to NFL Network. So that's a bunch of Niners news as they face the Cardinals this week. The Bucks released cornerback Vernon Hargraves for not hustling. The Rams' offensive line is beat up. Their center, Brian Allen's out for the year, and the right tackle is going to be out for at least this week. Good news on Tyler Lockett. Pete Carroll does not expect him to miss any games. He expects a full recovery for Tyler Lockett as they're in their bye this week. And Ed Dixon <laughs> might play in Week 12. Heath, uh, seeing this news on Ed Dixon, does that make you less excited about Jacob Hollister? He's actually been very good two weeks in a row. Um, no, cause I wasn't like super excited about Jacob Hollister adding him on a bye week to hold him. I don't know that he's that level of confidence in the first place, but it could be a problem for him. If, if you've done that, I'm, I'm still going to, uh, it's just, are you desperate at tight end? Do you have an extra roster spot? Then you should have Jacob Hollister just in case. Okay. Denver quarterback drew Locke practiced. He has three weeks to be activated. I'm going to ask you in a little bit how much you trust Cortland Sutton rest of season. The Rams are hopeful that Brandon Cooks could be back next week. Could be back. He won't not necessarily be back, but you could see Brandon Cooks in week 12 uh, as they get ready for the Bears this week. All right, we got an email of the day at fantasyfootball.cbsi.com. It is from Wyatt. I just got offered Saquon Barkley for Melvin Gordon. My other running backs are Eckler and Josh Jacobs. So he is the Eckler owner. Would you trade away Melvin Gordon to get Saquon Barkley? Basically, who would you rather have rest of season between these two? And they both have a bye. Barkley this week, Gordon next week. Barkley, it appears, does have significantly better matchups. But what do you think, Heath? Barkley or Gordon rest of season? 
I am not comfortable with this question. <laughs> and this is the type of trade offer that I would receive and probably just not. And it, I, Chris Towers says this a lot. I'd probably just not act. Oh, like, you would I just think, let it sit there and be that that guy who doesn't I, respond to trade offers. Like I, I can't. I don't want to decline this. I don't want to accept this. I, you are making me uncomfortable, so I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> uh, um, I, I think I'd rather have Barkley, but I don't know that I feel confident enough in that to make an actual deal. Ben, I, let me throw this out there. By the way, um, Melvin Gordon, he has in six games, he has four, three, two, two, three, and one catch. Whereas Barkley, in his last four games since returning from the ankle injury, has three, eight, six, and five catches. So maybe we could say, well, we'll take Barkley in PPR. But who's got a better chance of being shut down rest of season? I mean, there's no question it's Saquon Barkley there. So, Ben, who would you take, Barkley or Gordon, rest of season? You think, well, I was going to say Barkley, but I think that, la- and for a lot of the reasons you said, I think that last point is really interesting, though. I'm curious why you think they're going to shut him down. At, I, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, they're a two win team. And he's the future of their franchise. So he's playing with a bad shoulder now and a bad ankle. I hope he's healthy after the bye. That gives me some hope. But yeah, I, I don't think he will get shut down. But I think between the two, clearly he has a better chance of being shut well, down. Sure. And he also has 29 yards on his last 27 carries. Yeah, right. He's right, which is good. completely unsustainable. Like that's the kind of thing that, you know, we, we got to think about moving back towards some type of, of media. And he can... We can we can acknowledge that he's going to be not necessarily great behind a bad offensive line, but he's he's always been a little bit big play dependent. The big plays haven't been there the last couple of weeks. They they were there, you know, a few weeks before that, and and in the passing game, I think two weeks ago he had the long reception. Uh, yeah, he can still create plays. I think he still has a ton of upside, and he gets enough catches that, especially in PPR, I think he has more upside than Gordon um, yeah. on a weekly basis because Gordon's still splitting with with Eckler. I think Gordon's probably safer. But I would probably lean towards Barkley if I was confident he was going to play the rest of the year. But that's why I was interested in your comment that he might get shut down. Yeah. But I would probably lean towards him for upside. Yeah, I mean, it's just a just a theory. It's nothing concrete. If he has, <laughs> if he has to sit there and talk about, well, look, if he has to sit there and talk about, I don't want to get shut down, then you know that's obviously something that could happen if he's playing hurt, you know, for a pointless season. Uh, as far as their offensive line goes. They were they came into last week's game missing two starters. They lost their left tackle at some point early in the game, and Nate Solder. So they could be fully healthy and have a decent offensive line. Here's the last thing on this, and it's about Melvin Gordon. All right, so Melvin Gordon, he's facing the Chiefs this week. That's great. And then the bye. But we all watched the Thursday night game, Gordon versus the Raiders, and I thought he was Superman, and I thought their offensive line was awful. And the Raiders were in the backfield for much of that game, and in fact, they were. That's why they won the game. They were all over Philip Rivers, but Gordon was able to escape it. But I just like their offensive line is so bad, and he gets Denver, Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Oakland in his final four games in weeks thirteen through sixteen. And it's just you know, look, if he gets twenty carries, he's probably going to do fine. He gets the goal line work now, but just wanted to bring that up, guys, because like their offensive line is really bad. And he was able to overcome it against the Raiders, but I don't know that you can expect that type of performance. Because I thought he was like a, a superhero uh, last Thursday. So just want to bring that up. Yeah, no, he he looks great running the ball, but yeah, I think you make a great point. We're at a point right now in their respective seasons, and in any player season, there's going to be some highs and lows where Barkley's coming off what will almost certainly go down as, as his worst two-game stretch of his entire season. And two weeks ago, Melvin Gordon looked like he was incapable of scoring fantasy points. I mean, he was having the same kind of issues with with yards per carry, and he wasn't able to get in on some goal line rushes. And then he kind of broke out two weeks ago and then had a great game again last week. Um, I, yeah, that was all very pos- positive at that point. But I, I would have said two weeks ago the same stuff I'm sitting here saying about Barkley, and I did. I, I wrote up Melvin Gordon before his first good game this year in my DFS article that week because I was like, okay, his, his workload is solid. He's getting pass catches. He's getting goal line work. Barkley is too. Yeah, and I don't think you you should overreact to this this yards per carry and and also Barkley again the big plays they will come. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to go see Saquon Barkley, good luck to you. Have fun with that. I will. Uh, I'll stay inside because it's freaking cold out. But if you want to go to a game, better use SeatGeek to get there. SeatGeek's the best man. I tell people about it all the time, and I use it all the time. I am thinking about going. I think the Giants play the Eagles week seventeen. 
And that's actually one Sunday that I probably can get away from the TV and just DVR Red Zone and I'll watch it later. But yeah, I might go to that game. I might. We'll see. I got to buy a coat. But uh, if I do go, believe me, I'm going to use SeatGeek because instead of searching multiple sites to find the best bargains, SeatGeek's just going to tell me. It's going to bring in tickets from other sites and it's going to put them all in one place and it's going to show me the best values uh, very easily. Grades every ticket on a scale of 1 to 10 and uh, displays them on an interactive seat map and every purchase is fully guaranteed. So take it from someone who does use SeatGeek all the time, who has seen the comparisons where SeatGeek just gives you better deals and it's so easy to use, got great reviews. Use the use the app, use SeatGeek or go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code FFT for 10 bucks off your first purchase. The promo code is FFT. That's 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase with the promo code FFT. All right, playoff schedules. Yeah, I didn't want to do this again necessarily because I thought it was redundant, but I, I'm getting so many questions about it. So I'll go through it quickly and tell you quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends. I usually leave receivers off of this because some teams are better against number one receivers and not and you know are yeah, good and bad against number two receivers. And I think quarterbacks and receivers you can kind of lump them together. But here we go. Here are quarterbacks who have multiple top five matchups in the fantasy postseason weeks 14, 15, 16. Baker Mayfield and Nick Foles. And Foles has three great matchups in his last four games. And for this exercise, by the way, I am not using Week 17 at all. Um, so Mayfield and Foles, two the best quarterback matchups in the postseason. Other teams with good matchups. This is probably mostly for two quarterback leagues. Denver, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick from Miami, and Jameis Winston, Mason Rudolph, and Ryan Tannehill. So whoever, Miami has such a great oh, playoff amazing. schedule with the Jets, Giants, and Bengals, and we we like we can't use any of them. Well, <laughs> we can't I, use look, our running backs. We can't. It's possible Fitzpatrick is a streamer. I, at Philadelphia, Jets, Giants, Bengals are his weeks thirteen through sixteen. That's terrific. And if you are starting Fitzpatrick in a two quarterback league, you might you might get a twenty point per game average, something like that. Let, let's go back to sure. Nick Foles because I think he can actually help people. Um, in a, a, a lot of leagues, I believe in, for the most part, this offensive system, I believe in the weapons that he has around him and Jacksonville believes that he gives them a better chance to win than Gardner Minshew, who was a borderline top 12 quarterback. Right. If you were telling me that Gardner Minshew was going to play the Colts, the Titans, Tampa Bay, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Falcons, I would tell you Gardner Minshew was going to be a top 12 quarterback rest of season. I think the same is probably true for Nick Foles. I agree with that. The only slight difference between the two is Foles is Im immobile. Gardner Minshew gave us a little bit of running, right? And, and it helped his floor a little bit. Foles is completely immobile, so his floors throughout the years has been lower. And that's kind of tough at quarterback. You want a decent floor. All right, running backs. Nick Foles is, by the way, 37% owned. And Winston could be someone, you know, that really helps you out um, with Detroit and Houston in week 16 and 15 and 16. Uh, running backs. Multiple top five matchups. Philip Lindsay, four of his last five matchups look great. Bills, Chargers, then the Texans, then the Chiefs, then the Lions. Uh, and the and the Patriots. The Patriots just have a great schedule coming up. I know Brady wasn't. Who is in their that. running back? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's probably Michelle, but I don't know. But uh, Philadelphia, Dallas, Houston. That's that's not necessarily great for the running backs. But then Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo in the fantasy postseason. That's just can I just put beautiful your two comments together because Adam is noting that this is an amazing fantasy schedule and Heath is noting that we never know who the Patriots are going to play at, at running back stash these guys stash Rex Burkhead stash Damian Harris in deeper leagues if you can because that's an amazing playoff schedule if you get the lead back for the Patriots multiple weeks ahead of you know them getting an opportunity that can be huge and it's happened so many seasons where yeah. a, you know a Ben Jarvis Green Ellis has come out of nowhere so if you have space in a deeper league I would be stashing deep uh, Patriot running backs. And let me tell you the running back that I would want to buy right now, not low, but buy high and and maybe overpay if you have to. And it's James Conner. Unless Jalen Samuels is going to carve out the some type of role, but Samuels hasn't been very good. But look at Conner's next six matchups, like beginning tomorrow against Cleveland. He's got the Browns twice, the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Bills, and then the Jets in Week 16, which so far, you know, they could be bad, but by then, who knows? His next five games, James Conner's next five games 
are against teams that rank 21st or worse against running backs. So he's got just an amazing schedule coming up. Uh, other running backs with good schedules. Dalvin Cook's got a great playoff schedule, so he's going to win everybody their leagues. Detroit, the Chargers, and the Packers. Uh, David Montgomery, five of his last six matchups are good. Saquon Barkley's got a, a great playoff schedule, at least two of the games, Miami and Washington in weeks 15 and 16. Cleveland's schedule is good for Nick Chubb. And uh, Seattle's schedule looks pretty good. Um, nah, actually, it's not good until weeks 15 and 16. They have a bye, then Philadelphia, Minnesota, and the Rams. This is a good run defenses. I'm not sure it matters with Carson, but just for what it's worth. But uh, David Montgomery, Nick Chubb, James Conner, Saquon Barkley, they could benefit from very good matchups. And their backups. And, and their backups. backups. Last year we saw we saw Damian Williams, Jalen Samuels, Justin Jackson all be very viable uh, viable fantasy playoff running backs. So that's something I would note as well. I mean, same thing as I just said with New England. Any of these good schedule teams, consider their backups. And tight ends. Oh, man, it doesn't get any better than Trey Burton. I think he has three <laughs> matchups against teams that are among the five worst against tight ends. Three top five matchups for Trey Burton. Pick him up everywhere. No. I know, I know. It's such a shame. The, the big takeaway is Gerald Everett. His last four games. If you play into week 17, Gerald Everett's got five Four great matchups, Arizona twice, Seattle and Dallas, and then San Francisco, who's first against tight ends but hasn't faced any good ones, really. Uh, in fact, they just gave up a touchdown to Hollister, uh, but they're still Everett's a guy I I'm, Everett's I a like guy it. I wrote a little bit about in Stealing Signals. He Since his first good game, I think week three or week four, whenever it was, where he kind of you know had that first blow-up game, he's had some booms, some busts. Averaging 7.5 targets, though, over that span. And, and we look at other players, wide receivers that we, we trust more. They have boom and bust games. But that average over that span, 7.5 targets, five catches, and he's sixth overall at tight end in air yards over that span. So his volume, it's been up and down. It's been really high some weeks, really low some weeks. It seems to be higher on the road. I don't know if there's anything to that. His last two home games have been worse. His, his road games, he's been getting 10 targets. But, uh, yeah, you talk about a good schedule. That uh, it makes him, him really even more interesting for me at tight end. On the flip side of this discussion, um, one team, I guess, I'm a little bit worried about, but mostly their quarterback, who has been awesome, who I'm trying to sell high this week, is Dak Prescott. Um, after they play the Lions this week, he is at New England, faces the Bills at home, at the Bears, faces the Rams at home. Like, Did the he has game a good against... week... The Vikings, though, make you think. Well, they're no, because they're not that good against the pass. I'm sorry to say it. Right. Yeah. They're not as good as as your the, quarterback stat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not. They just not as good. I, and their like, receivers good, crushed he, them. All three of the receivers were the ones that crushed. It was the Vikings cornerbacks with their weakness again. It's unbelievable. Right. Yeah. All right. So cool. Good call. I, I'd like to replace. I think Nick Foles is probably better than Dak Prescott. Rest of the season. Oh. But neither will be as good as Trey Burton. All right, let's do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go three Apple Podcast questions here. Thank you for submitting them. I'm going to give these to Ben. We're going to do these real quick. Then we're going to preview the Thursday night game, and then we're going to play some Jeopardy. Then we're going to kick Heath off and bring in Ben Schrager. Uh, Apple Podcast questions from B Rose: Brian Hill or Carlos Hyde? Rest of season in PPR. I'm more worried about the playoffs than this week. Brian Hill or Carlos Hyde? PPR. I don't know that you know. I don't know how their schedule is right in front of me. I would I would look at that, but I would say Hill for uh, just inherent upside. Hyde's role in PPR is not good. He's a trap back that we have seen not have a ceiling, and you're right. not going to want to start that in the playoff. But, Hill has but, potential to get catches, but Hill has the potential to not get any work if Freeman's back, right? Sure. sure. So that I just think yeah, to... higher upside. I would well, agree. Well, I, I mean, mean, Hyde doesn't. Hill would be better if Freeman were out. I just don't know what happens if Freeman's in. It's a tough question. It's yeah. a tough question because it, it depends on Freeman. Uh, from Kitts. I haven't. I actually haven't seen much on Freeman's injury. Is, well, where are we at on that? Two weeks was the timetable. Roughly okay. two weeks. So I, you know. So then probably hide. Uh, from Kitts. I lost Hooper. Should I pick up Dallas Goddard, OJ Howard, Darren Fells, or Noah Fant? What do you think, Ben? Goddard, Howard, <laughs> Fells, or Fant? I'll um, I, I'd go Howard or yeah, I'd probably go Howard or Fells or I mean, yeah, they're all upside tight end plays. It's tough. Goddard, no. I like his role to expand with the with Deshaun Jackson definitely out the rest or to stay expanded. Um, but I, I probably wouldn't take him because he's the number two tight end on his own team. 
Bells has been getting pretty consistent work. Vant has, you know, late season upside. I still I still believe in OJ Howard's talent, and I'd probably go Howard. I like Fant quite a bit. It's only two weeks, but since Emmanuel Sanders was traded, he's seen 25% of the Broncos' targets. Oh, all right. Good stuff. Yeah. He's got a lot of upside. His role's been there all year, too. I mean, his routes have been there all year. I, I could definitely see taking him. From Rizla. You guys, you just tell me, like, how quickly we should kick this commissioner out of the league. I made a trade before week nine. I gave up Juju for Kyler Murray. The rules of the league were that trades can only be vetoed by league votes. The league commissioner, who's 7-2, and two, didn't think the trade was fair. So he changed the rules of the league to commissioner vote, and he vetoed the trade. I tried calling and texting the commissioner, and I got no response. Because of the veto, I was forced to start Brian Hoyer instead of Kyler Murray in Week 10, and I lost because of it. Wow. Blow the whole thing up. Yeah, yeah that's I, terrible. Hope, hope, if Closely. Hopefully you haven't paid yet, and I would just walk away. I would never yeah. speak to him again. I would like. I'm not an advocate this for sabotaging does, the league, exist. but you should sabotage. Like, drop all your players if you want to create chaos. It is this commissioner's fault, unless the commissioner yeah. listens to this podcast, in which case I'm sure he had a great reason to do what he did. <laughs> Thursday night is Pittsburgh at Cleveland. I've got two stats of the game. Here's the stat of the game that people probably won't care about. Vance McDonald has had seven targets in two straight games. And there have been four tight ends with six to eight targets against the Browns. And all four of them had either 55 yards or a touchdown. Heath, do you think people will care about that? Do you care about that? He's a fine streaming tight end, and people should care about that. Tight end's terrible. Vance McDonald is in play. OJ Howard or Vance McDonald? I'll go Howard in non-PPR and Vance in PPR. Okay, here's the stat of the game that people probably will care about. If you look at Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, on a per-game basis... Landry's 35th in non-PPR and 30th in PPR. Beckham is 42nd in non-PPR and 36th in PPR. So let's just say they're both number three receivers so far. Beckham number four in in non-PPR. They're on pace for almost the exact same season. Almost the same amount Mm -hmm. of targets. Within two catches. Within like 35 yards. Landry's got on pace for two more touchdowns than Odell Beckham. But I just thought that was weird. And he it was like, like identical yeah. a week ago. And then Landry had a, a better game. This yeah. pa- I tweeted it out a week ago and they were like almost exactly identical. And then Landry had a better game this past week. And now it looks like his pace is a little bit better because he scored as well. They had the same one touchdown. They like it, right. same exact amount of targets, I believe, a week ago. I mean, just, I, it's crazy. I, I'm actually encouraged since the bye. they have. And one of the things I was worried about, we talked about it with Beckham a lot. Um, was the target share and how Freddie Kitchen's offense had really spread the ball around to a variety of different pass catchers in a lot of unpredictable ways. Since the bye, they've really consolidated things. Landry and Beckham account for like 52% of the Browns' targets. And even last week when Kareem Hunt showed up and got nine targets, they had 22 targets between the two of them. I did look at them after what you said at my projections. I have lowered Beckham and Landry a little bit because one of the problems was using the Steelers full season defensive statistics. They don't look like a downgrade for anyone, but if you use just with Mika Fitzpatrick, then they are definitely a downgrade. I still am starting Beckham as a top 20 wide receiver. I still think Landry is a fine low end number two. Um, I'm encouraged by their volume the last three weeks. And I just don't believe that Odell Beckham is not going to have a big game. It's coming very soon. Okay, so you wouldn't get cute and start like Philip Dorsett over them. No. Beckham had a season high in air yards last week, and I totally agree with Heath that it's been a more concentrated pass game. He had to go up against Tredavious White with the Bills last week, which was a really tough matchup, but they continued to pipe targets to him. I think he's going to potentially have a really good game as well. Well, it's tough because he's had three really tough matchups in a row. He's had New England, Denver, and Buffalo, and he only had one you know, solid game. It wasn't even that great. Pittsburgh doesn't appear to be that good of a matchup either. Their last seven games, I think there's only been two receivers of more than 55 yards. They haven't faced the toughest competition. I don't know that they have a cornerback really up to par with what he saw from the other three teams. Uh, maybe Joe Hayden, but I'm not sure Hayden's going to follow Beckham no. or something like that. Um, yeah. I might be forgetting their best corner. I apologize. But I, like, would you start, let's say, Devin Singletary's at Miami. Start him or Beckham. Heath, what do you got? I, I would I would play Beckham. I would play Singletary. But I like Singletary a lot this week. Okay. So 
we're let's just uh, we're sitting the quarterbacks. They're you know between like eighteen and twenty uh, for Dave, Jamie, and Heath. The running backs. Uh, who's the best running back in this game? Um, Chubb. Chubb. Okay, because again, I mean, the Steelers' defense is really good. In case you haven't heard, but Chubb will get his work. And what was so promising about Chubb last week, though, was that they used uh, Hunt on the field with Chubb so right. much, right? And I'm sure you know you guys talked about this a little bit on the other shows, but they used Hunt as a lead blocker for Chubb. Uh, on eight carries, and that was 81 of Chubb's rush attempts. And Chubb still ran routes on like 60% of of dropbacks, which was actually a bump up from his last two games since the bye. It was similar to what he had been running routes, uh, the rates that he'd been running routes prior to the bye. He basically had his full normal workload, and, and he caught a few passes. Hunt caught a ton of passes, but they used Hunt as like an Alvin Kamara alongside Chubb as opposed to, you know, spelling Chubb. I think I mean Connor should have a really big game. This is a terrible run defense. So you're going to start Chubb. You're going to start Connor. Um, are you going to start Juju Smith-Schuster, Heath? I don't really want to, but I think he's a number three wide receiver. It's just like it's. I don't really have a lot of doubts about Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't think we were wrong about him being very good, but Mason Rudolph is just not like somebody's in tight coverage he's just going to throw it to somebody else he's got three receivers that he feels fine with and the targets and just a tight end. in there yeah Ju- so yeah. he's in a tight end Heath is slightly the lowest on juju because dave and jamie have him between 25 and 30 Heath has him 33rd in non-ppr 38th in ppr and this is what it comes down to when when juju smith schuster's had seven to nine targets he's had a good game almost every time when he's had four to six targets he's had a bad game every time uh it also sort of coincides with the matchups, but it's mostly about the targets. Is he going to get them? We don't know. If you don't love Juju Smith-Schuster, I doubt you could really love Deontay Johnson or James Washington. But if you were going to take a flyer on one of those two receivers, who would it be? Johnson or Washington's really coming on strong lately. I'd still go Johnson. Okay. But they're very close. And that's the issue. I mean, Washington coming on strong. I mean... It, uh... You got three good receivers in a bad passing game. I, I have right. Juju in a bunch of leagues. I'm sitting in. Okay. So uh, Kareem Hunt or Juju? Juju. I would probably play Hunt. What do you expect from Hunt this week, Heath? Uh, ten, eight to ten touches. Um, I don't think he's probably going to get nine targets on a weekly basis. So that'll come back a little bit. But I, yeah, I've got him for uh, you know. 40-ish yards, and you hope he scores a touchdown? All right, and Heath is a little bit low on the Steelers' DST. Got him 15th. Dave and Jamie have him top 10. Yeah, the number three DST. And Adam has him. Yeah, they're Adam awesome, man. number one. <laughs> but just look at their personnel. Like, they are really, really good. Uh, they uh, Who's the best defense in football? You think it's the Niners? Pats? Patriots. But they don't have I, a good I, run defense. That's the the Patriots and Niners are, are pretty clearly on their own tier. I don't know, man. I think the Steelers are. And uh, I, I don't like there. defenses as much on the road either. Okay. Short week on the road. You should. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's a it's time for some Jeopardy. How do you guys feel? You feel good about it? Yeah, like ready to have I've been awful at it. Yeah, well, we need to have a listen, third cup of coffee. I made a I made a category specifically for you. Okay, I'm going to tell I'm you our good. bonus. I miss them all. I'll, I'll get, yeah, uh, for sure. I'm going to tell you our bonus category in just one minute. First, I got to tell you about ZipRecruiter because hiring can be a slow process. But Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates and you get them fast. Uh, Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. And with results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. 
Really awesome service, everybody. Great website. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT and try it for free. It's great for businesses of all sizes. Again, you try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is Fantasy Jeopardy. Four categories, guys. Quarterbacks, running backs, pass catchers, and famous Ben's. Famous Ben's. <laughs> All of the categories are 200, 400, and 600. I don't think we're going to have time to finish the game. So let's go as fast as we can. Ben, I will give you control of the board. Quarterbacks, running backs, pass catchers, or famous Ben's for two, four, or 600. Let's go famous Ben's for 200. All right. During the 90s, this Ben met world every week on ABC. Boy Meets World? No? Yeah. What's his last name? Oh, Ben. I, I say my name. Yes, you have to. In, right? Yes, exactly. Go ahead. Who is Ben Savage? Hey, Ben gets it. 200 points. All right. Good job. Who is Ben this Savage? This is very helpful to people. Uh, yeah. The board right, is let's yours. Go to pass catchers. Let's go to pass catchers for 200. He leads all tight ends in receiving yards with more than 100 more than anyone else. Heath. Heath. Austin Hooper. That is incorrect. Ben. Ben. Sorry, that was for Heath. Go ahead. It was Darren Waller? Who's yeah. Travis Kelsey? Right. Heard of him? Come on now. All right, Ben, the board is still yours. You have a 200-point lead. Let's do pass catchers for uh, 600. The amount of catches Michael Thomas is on pace for within five. Heath. Heath. 160. Ben, 150. Oh, judges? The answer is 153. You were within five. You did not use the form of a question. You do not get the points. <laughs> All right. The board I is. Judges, because I was like six away, but it was because <laughs> I didn't use the form of a question. <laughs> uh, the board is still yours, Ben. All right. Receivers. Uh, Pass catchers. 400. Pass catchers. Pass catchers. Yeah. Uh, this week, not like the, this current week, this was the week that both Keenan Allen and Julio Jones last caught a touchdown. Ben. Heath. Ben. What is week three? That is correct. For 400, you are crushing it right now. 600 to nothing. You knew that one? Yeah. All right. And, uh, I was kind of guessing. The board is... <laughs> it was like in that two to four range, but I was just guessing. Uh, the board is yours. So uh, quarterbacks, running backs, and famous go. Bens. Let's go running backs for 600. There are two running backs who are top 12 in PPR on a per-game basis with less than 25 catches. Derrick Henry and this guy. Ben. Ben. Who is Mark Ingram? That is incorrect. Just missed it. Ah, I got to know the trap backs. Come on. How did I not know that? Heath, no guess? All right. Heath. Nope. Fine. What do you mean? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you didn't even I, I don't actually know the answer, but I'll say Nick Chubb. Who is Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs. Oh. Board's still yours with a 200-point lead. So Ingram's not in the top 12? He's like 13th. Yeah, He's like right there. Got it. Yeah. Uh, running backs for whatever I haven't said so far. 600 or something. Uh, 400. Okay. This NFC North running back has the second most carries inside the five-yard line. And ninety-two percent. Ben, who is who is David Montgomery? Ben Gretch is crushing it, one thousand to nothing, and the board is yours. Uh, running backs for two hundred. Okay, he leads all running backs in touchdowns. Ben, Ben, who is Mark Ingram? Hey, incorrect. Heath, <laughs> Heath, Mark Ingram's close. Yeah, who is Dalvin Cook? Two answers here, Christian it's, McCaffrey and Aaron Jones. It's Chris. It's Christian McCaffrey. I yeah. realized after I said yeah. Mark Ingram, yeah. I was like, oh, man. All right, we got All quarterbacks. Right, quarterbacks and, why not Why not famous Benz? What's wrong with you? Quarter, quarterbacks for how many? All right, fine. Famous Benz for six. Famous Benz for 600. Uh, with the help of Jimmy Kimmel, this brilliant Ben would let contestants win his money on Comedy Central. Heath. Ben. Heath. Ben Stein. Hey, ben Heath Stein? is on the board. Oh, he didn't say who is at first. I did say it. <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm gonna tell Ben Trager. Famous bins for four hundred. Oh, fine, fine. Uh, it counts. It counts. Famous bins for four hundred. The answer there is your daily double. You've got six hundred. How much would you like to wager? Four hundred and one. Oh, okay. When he's not busy chasing Amy, this Ben can be seen battling Superman. Yeah, um, that's uh, bad for me. <laughs> um, like movies, I I have actors know. Um, he who is Ben Affleck? Hey, you got, got it! it. <laughs> nice. You pulled it out of his way eye. to go. All right, listen. The score right now is one thousand one to one thousand. Apologies to the video crew. We're gonna go one minute long here. We've got just running. Uh, what do we have? We have quarterbacks, and uh, that's it. Quarterbacks are left. Go ahead, Heath. Quarterbacks for what? For two, four, and six. Um, quarterbacks for 600. Despite throwing just five interceptions this season, this veteran quarterback actually has more interceptions than rushing yards. Ben. Ben. Who is Philip Rivers? Heath. Heath. Who is Drew Brees? Who is Tom Brady? 200 and 400. Heath, board is yours. Uh, let's go 400, I guess. Currently top five in fantasy points per game. This quarterback is second in the NFL in passing yards behind only Phillip Rivers. Heath? Heath? That's your name. <laughs> that is my name. Um, Crap, he missed a game. I'm still going to say it. Matt Ryan. Who is Matt Ryan? No. Ben. Ben, I'll say, who is Dak Prescott? That is correct. Ben takes the lead and wins the game. And the quarterback for 200. This <laughs> I'm glad we had overtime until Ben took the lead. No, there's only <laughs> two no, points. There's only 200 points no. left. He's Time winning. Run out. He's winning by. The victory. He's winning by 399. <laughs> you know what? You didn't. You should have even gotten credit for that first one. You didn't even say who is. All right. Thanks for. Uh, thanks for playing fantasy Jeopardy. Yeah, I didn't get my who is on uh, on the other question. Ben, you didn't give me points. For yeah. It. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, wait. I did or didn't give you points. You didn't for the exactly. Michael Thomas 150 question. So Heath, didn't give me he, Heath was lucky to even be entered in the first place. Thanks for playing Fantasy Jeopardy. We'll be right back with Ben Schrager and your tweets. Again? Attack of the Bens. We got two Bens on the show right now. You know Ben Gretsch, whatever. Who cares? Ben Schrager is here. He is our producer, social media dude. I don't know. He does a lot of things. He has taken this podcast to new heights, and we appreciate it. And he finally gets to be on the show. It's long overdue. What's up, Ben Schrager? What's up, guys? Great to be here. Yeah, it is great for you to be here. I agree. I forgot to ask uh, you, uh, Ben Gretsch and uh, Heath about Cortland Sutton. I had promised to do that, and I will do that. We're going to read some tweets as well, some kind of rapid-fire tweets. But, Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. I just started as a producer here in August. Love fantasy football. Been doing fantasy stuff for six years with analysis and on Twitter. And I just love working with the Fantasy Football Today team and excited to be here with Ben Gretsch. Yes. Yeah, Adam, you're going to have to go to last names, man. You I know. Not, you just told Ben to, to talk okay. about himself. And okay. I was like, yeah, well, you know, I can talk about myself. <laughs> I think it's, we know everything we need to know about you. You don't know any <laughs> pop culture. You hate chocolate. And uh, you like dot. So... Cortland Sutton, how much do you think we can trust Cortland Sutton rest of season? I did mention that the Denver quarterbacks have good matchups. The does, does that what does that mean for Cortland Sutton? Minnesota this week, then Buffalo, that's not easy. Chargers, that's not easy. And, you know, it gets a little better after that, I suppose. But um yeah, Ben Ben Gretsch, we'll start with you. Cortland Sutton, how much do you trust him rest of season? It, uh, he's in a tough bucket of players that I really like their role. I like their talent and their number ones. They don't have great quarterback situations. He's not too dissimilar from Terry McLaurin. He's not too dissimilar from um, Juju doesn't really have the same wide receiver one volume. He's not another necessarily another guy to have in that in that bucket. But Allen Robinson is another guy I'd probably throw in that bucket. Mitchell Trubisky has been so inconsistent. Um I, it, it all is tied to whether Brandon Allen or Drew Locke can be good enough quarterbacks. I, I want to trust Sutton. I want him on my roster, and I will use him if I can see decent enough quarterback play to support 
a number one receiver. Because I think if anyone is going to be good in this passing game, it's definitely going to be Sun. Okay, Ben Schrager, or Shraggy Doo, as I like to call him. He does not like that nickname. It is a sort of Scooby Doo nickname because uh, they had sh- you know Scrappy and Shaggy. But anyway, Ben Schrager, uh, how much do you trust Ronald Jones going forward? It's like a six on the trustometer. You trustometer. Know, we've trustometer. <laughs> we've seen him share with Peyton Barber. We've seen the coaches, despite Ronald Jones running better, continue to go to Peyton Barber. And we thought Ronald Jones was going to have that breakout after two weeks ago having an awesome game. He fumbles, and Peyton Barber ends up getting the, most of the work for the rest of the game in Week Ten. I love Ronald Jones as a player. I think it's probably going to be a pretty even split with Peyton Barber the rest of the way. I know Ben Gretsch may not agree there, but it's just a matter of the coaching staff trusting Peyton Barber for whatever reason. I'm a little worried about Ronald Jones. Okay, let's go through the rapid-fire tweets here. This is from Russell. Can we ever trust starting Tyrell Williams again? He's got the Bengals this week, so this would be a good week to do it. And then the Jets yeah, he's the still their, He's still their number one. They just have other options in the pass game now. So it's it's a little bit less concentrated of a pass game, but with him and Waller as the main guys, there's other dudes now, but he's still their number one. You ben, yeah, trust Trager? is a tough word. He hasn't gone over three receptions since week two. You're just hoping for a touchdown, and he's still their red zone guy. He's still their number one wide receiver. Do you have a nickname, by the way, that people that you like? Shrag? Shrag? No, we can do better than that. Uh, from come up with a better one. <laughs> for, okay, that's your assignment, listeners. What is Ben Shragger's nickname? And by the way, if you've been in participating in our hashtag AskFFT on Twitter, that is like all Ben Shragger. Uh, he put that together and helps us answer so hundreds of your questions throughout the weekend. From Brock, who is the first quarterback off the board in 2020 drafts? Yeah, I, lo- I love this question. I mean, it's it's a fun debate. I think Joe Burrow's probably the guy. He's been really good. Oh, at LSU, I think but, this yeah. is 2020. I think we're talking drafts. fantasy quarterbacks. Oh, I thought we were talking about who would be the top. <laughs> like, uh, that's also I a we're good debate. Di- I thought we we're shifting to dynasty right now. You know, I want to start talking some some college. Oh, first quarterback next year is going to be Mahomes. That's my guess. Or maybe Lamar, but I'd say Mahomes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's Mahomes. Unless Lamar does something over the next six, seven weeks and into the playoffs or every single week he's going off, I still think it's Mahomes. I wonder in four-point per pass in touchdown leagues if it's Jackson. I think it might be. And yeah, the rushing floor definitely puts him in that consideration. He'll be a top three guy. I think it's Daniel Jones. All right, this is from Brady. Is Melvin Gordon in RB1 rest of season? Yeah, borderline, low end, yeah. I think yes. He has one tough matchup against the Vikings in that fantasy playoff week 15 range. But otherwise, he's going to get the 15 to 20 plus touch workload. And he's actually looked good in the last game and a half. So who would you rather have, Aaron Jones or Melvin Gordon? I'm taking Gordon. I would too. Okay. From Michael, am I crazy to start three 49ers? Marquise Goodwin, Raheem Mostert, and Debo Samuel this week. If my only other options are Duke Johnson and Devontae Parker in tough matchups. Parker getting the Bills and the Texans. Who the heck are the Texans playing this week? Uh, the Oh, the Ravens. So, yeah, that is a tough matchup for Duke. Uh, yeah, so that is I, crazy. Don't do that. Yeah, don't play. I mean, you don't want to play Parker against Tredavious White, but, I mean, you're not playing Goodwin and Mostert. Those guys are not. They're such depth players. See, I would actually take Mostert over Duke Johnson if Brita doesn't play. Yeah, I'm cool okay. with that. And actually, right, I think it's good when it's the big issue I have. Like, if Devontae Parker's going to get Tredavious White, and Parker had a good game against the Bills last time, but Preston Williams was there. But um, if Debo Samuel is the number one option, if Sanders and Kittle are out, I think you could start Debo over Parker, and you could start Mostert. If Brita's out and if all the if everybody's injured, basically, yeah, you could do Mostert and Debo over Duke and Parker, I guess. But Goodwin is no. You're starting Parker. He's getting the volume. All right, all right. But Tre'Davious White's very good, Ben. So like, if you'd start Parker over Debo Samuel if both Kittle and Sanders are out. No, I'm starting Parker over Goodwin. I'm still starting oh, Debo okay. over Parker. Okay, from VFL News, is it time to drop Miles Sanders? No, no. Okay. This week, who would you rather have, the Patriots DST or the Raiders DST? Patriots have Philadelphia, and Oakland has the Bengals. Give me the Raiders. Oh, my goodness. Against Ryan Finley, there's (laughs) so much upside there. I'll take the Pats. I think they're going to do pretty well against the Eagles. 
Ben, break, uh, it's ben the coin flip. The yeah, I mean, I, I love playing against the opposing opposing quarterback. I think you could make a case for their. I'd probably take the Pats. There's just such a difference in in talent level. Let's see who the guys have ranked higher here. DST rankings. Tell you in one moment. All right, next tweet is from. Who's it from? It's from Havy. What's more important, player skill situation or fantasy schedule? Player skill situation, not close, not debatable. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. From Will, hold or sell Odell Beckham Jr.? If you can get value, you can definitely sell him, but you're probably not going to get value. I, I think he's a hold. I think he's definitely a hold. If you can get past the next two out of the three weeks against Pittsburgh, his schedule is juicy for the fantasy playoffs with Cincinnati and the Cardinals. All right, let's see. The Patriots are eighth for Jamie. The Raiders are 11th. The Patriots are eighth for Dave. The Raiders are fifth. The Patriots are ninth for Heath. The Raiders are 11th, so it's close. A couple more tweets here. We'll end the show uh, from Ricky. Any reason not to drop Duke Johnson? If you're forced to start him this week, I wouldn't drop him. Otherwise, he's very droppable. Yep. I agree. From Purple Hydra, is AJ Green AJ Green worth stashing for the fantasy playoffs? If you're in like a thirty person league, twenty five, like I mean, it's, it would have to be a deep league. But I, yeah, I mean, or if you have IR spots, there's there's like yeah possibilities that he comes back. I I'm not stashing him in anything shallow at all. I just no, like, got him for two bucks in our podcast league. He was a free agent, so that's a fourteen team PPR league. That's fine. Like you'd rather have him than like. Kill Harry or Chris Conley. Yeah. But beyond that, I would take Harry over him, but I would not take Conley over him. I dropped Jared Goff for him, which brings us to our last question. Is there any hope for a good Goff? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> what does a good Goff mean for fantasy, though? I'm yeah, not, not that great. hopeful at this point. Like, it, I, coming out of the bye, I was hoping that they would do better things. And I know he doesn't have a great schedule going forward, and he's down two offensive linemen now and he just hasn't looked good there's always hope it's the rams but uh and when he was at yeah, his best in fantasy it. he was throwing a lot of passes and for a lot of yards because he's another guy you know i mentioned it with Foles earlier in the show he's immobile like he's not gonna get you really any rushing at all so he has to be like a 300 yard passer multiple td guy and they used to be that as an offense but yeah i mean i could definitely see cutting him and just moving on and I don't know. I, you're probably not. If you're starting him every week, you're probably not even worried about your team at this point. All <laughs> right, I'd everybody. rather stream guys oh, every week except yep. for his Cardinals matchup. Thank you very much to Ben Schrager and to Ben Gretsch and to Heath Cummings and to all of you for listening. Back tomorrow, starter sit for the AFC home games. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.